joined now by newly appointed Treaty United manager Tommy Barrett. Tommy, after a 12-month absence, we'd say, from the League of Ireland, we obviously hope to, to be back in the League of Ireland, but you're, you're obviously delighted to be back involved in the, we'll say, the top job in, in the Midwest region at the minute. Yeah, yeah, look, hopefully, you know, he gets over the line, he gets arced, and we get studs and grass as soon as possible, so it's, it's good to be back and looking forward to it, yeah. Yeah, the, it's it's a strange situation for you, Tommy, because obviously you were appointed as as manager, but we we won't know for maybe another two to three weeks for sure whether the club will be accepted into the first division for the twenty twenty one season. Um, the the strange that it is a strange situation, and obviously very difficult as well in terms of trying to organise uh, recruitment, training venues, training. Uh, so that that'll be a difficult task for you in the next few weeks, I assume. Yeah, and I think that's part of the reason you you have to you know plan as if you are going to be in there because you know everyone else is back training already, so we've to at least try and recruit players and and you know try to identify players anyway that can go in and hit the ground running uh, as best as possible, I suppose. Yeah, how how um, we'll say how important and how critical is it though for the club because obviously they had a, a women's under 17s and women's senior team last year, but for the development of the club. And uh, for senior soccer in Limerick, it's probably vital not to leave it go longer than 12 months without being in the, the electricity league for uh, in the men's side of it. I think so, Adrian. Yeah, I think it's important that we have a, a senior uh, men's team in, in the region. It's it's vital for the progression and development of young players in the region that they have somewhere to go and somewhere to play for, you know, and somewhere to aim for. Um, particularly that it's not a, a very... Um, What's the word I'm looking for? It's probably not a very developed industry, football in this country. I think that's fair to say. So there's not many opportunities for young players to play in a professional league um, against professional players at a high level in, in the country, let alone the region. So for, for lads to, to travel, um, it, it's very difficult to get a place in a team because clubs are... Particularly in these times, budgets are tight and they're, you know, they're not going to play... Um, people big money to young players big money to, to sign for them so it, it's important that we have that um, we have that opportunity for them here to do that and in various interviews with us in the past Tommy you mentioned your, your own vision maybe for a club in, in the Midwest region uh, did the, the Treaty United model match your own and was that vital for you in taking the job yeah it was Adrian yeah, it, it's very important that we you know, build a proper sustainable club. We keep saying that and we use that word a lot, sustainable, because, you know, you need to build better link, links with the community, with, you know, colleges, uh, sponsors, businesses. We need to build a proper a proper club that has foundations set and, and those foundations will last, you know, and, and it'll be a constant... Do, do, there won't be any off-field problems or off-field issues because it's not just the last few years or in the, that there has been problems. Like, you know, there's been problems with Limerick senior football for as long as I can remember and as long as I, I was involved. So it's very important now that you get it right once and for all and, and put a proper plan in place and proper infrastructure. And um, that's the most important thing for me, I think. Obviously, Tommy, you have a lot of experience uh, in dealing with young players as well. Uh, obviously, we know from your time with Limerick FC, but also in dealing with, you have your own academy set up as well. Uh, you often have dealt with young players. That's obviously uh, going to be uh, going to hold up a lot for you in terms of the 
the new setup because you're probably obviously not going to have you know a massive budget we keep saying the word sustainable so it's not going to be a budget thing so you're going to probably have to develop players from from a young age into the, the league world yeah I think you know you have to get it going now there's 13 or 14 year olds going to come in and they're the lads you're going to be looking at you know at 13 obviously there'll be 15s and 17s and 19s teams as well so you know but you're definitely looking at a long-term plan of course you mightn't succeed you mightn't see the immediate success in results on the pitch but like we're looking for success uh, around the individuals first and foremost and can we get lads through the next phases of their development and and on to a first team and and then maybe further beyond because you know as I said yesterday it's important that we start developing senior players in the region and and can we develop senior international players like 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 the Galway as I said they had three lads in the last squad they came from Galway so if Galway can do it, why can't we do it, you know, in a senior international squad? So we need to do that and we need to all pull together, you know, for soccer in the region and, and can we make it about the players, you know, and, and make it about the individuals. That's the most important thing. The players are the most important thing. You know, it's, people think it might sound a bit corny, but it isn't. It, it's it's a fact. It's about the players and if we can get those individuals to the highest level possible that they can play at, then our job is done as far as I'm concerned and we've something to be proud of then, you know. Yeah, and in terms of recruitment, <coughs> a lot of people uh, will have the Limerick gaze on and they'll say, look, you have the likes of, of um, Fairview Rangers at junior level did really well. There might be a few players that might step up. You've, but like we, we might miss out on the fact that the likes of maybe Claire, Kerry and Tipperary could be very important in terms of recruitment as well because we do go on about having a strong team in the Midwest and I know that the club is Limerick based but we need to tap into that those counties as well now Definitely Adrian and I, uh, I will be looking towards you know Tipperary, Clare and Kerry and parts of North Cork as well you know because we have to be careful as well that we don't um, you know look just, just at one team because we've done it before like in you know, one or two teams and, and you can decimate, decimate those clubs as well. And we have to have strong links in, with those clubs as well because it is about building better relationship with leagues and clubs. Plus, a lot of the time you're looking at you're looking at clubs and they might be really successful, but you might be looking for a player in that position. Like it's even with, with underage and, and, and junior, there's a lot of good players around that around clubs that might be usually successful or you know, they might be the most successful, but they might be very competitive. And those young those players want to play League of Ireland as well, and that's very important too. Sometimes you know very good junior players don't want to play League of Ireland for for lots of different reasons, and, and that's fair enough too. So you, you gotta have to, to have the right player that wants to do it because it's a big commitment. It's a lot of bigger commitment than it is junior soccer. So we'll be looking for the right type of player um, and players that want to come in first and foremost. You know that's the main thing. Yeah, obviously as well. On, on top of appointing yourself, there's, there's the club has been busy in has changed both management uh, setups maybe at senior level and under 17s. But they've appointed uh, Noel Connolly. You have the likes of Sean Russell uh, involved now as well. You've uh, Maura Curtin. Uh, it seems to have been that they've went for a, a young and energetic coaching staff along the whole uh, club which was probably, um, uh, you know, a pleasing thing as well in that, you know, a lot of League of Ireland clubs, you, you tend to go for the status quo and, and stick with, with what you know, but obviously the club have been brave and who they've appointed as well. Yeah, it's great for the women's. Look, the women's were, you know, the, the flag bearers for, for senior stock in the region last year, you know, and it's, 
it's very important that they got in last year. And I don't think we would have had the opportunity to get in this year, even if, if the women didn't go in last year. You know, and a lot of credit goes to the Women's Committee and Dave Rooney and Irene at that time as well, uh, along with the committee and the board, obviously, um, to get that up and running because that that is definitely vital now um, considering where we're at uh, and it was so important so it, yeah I think the lads will do there's a great team of coaches in there and and the under 17 seem to have pointed well as well and they recruited very well so women's sport is growing and women's soccer is growing and, and it's great to see that and you know we'll, we'll, we'll be as supportive as, as we can there as well and, and we'll be all one club and we'll be all pulling in the one direction yeah, I spoke about the, the backroom team that Noel has assembled, Tommy. Obviously, you're in negotiations, I suppose, with, with backroom uh, members as, as well. And do you expect that to be concluded soon? Yeah, I think we'll get it done the next week, you know. So just a few like, loose ends to tie up and um, we'll, we'll get that done next week. Yeah, you had a tough start to life as well uh, in management in terms of more so off the field uh, than on the field. You know, for a young manager, it, it probably wasn't something you were thrown in at the deep end for the want of a better term, you know, for, for the two years with, with Limerick FC. But do you think looking back on it now, I know you, you won't ever say it was a positive experience really, but looking back on it now, is, is it a good thing that it, at that stage of your career that early as well that you, that you had that experience? I think it's always good to, to have that experience, you know. Um, you know, I could have done some things differently myself, obviously. You know, you learn as you go along. But I think in the main, uh, 2018, the Premier League, we did quite well. You know, the players did very well. I think the players played very well. And we lost a lot of professional players in halfway through the season. And we still managed to stay up in our, our stay in, in the playoff situation. And Finn Harps was only beat us, to be fair, in the second leg, I thought. In the first leg, we probably should have won that, and that, that killed us then going back to Limerick. But in the second leg, we, we just didn't play, we just didn't perform to our best ability on that day. And that's the way it goes, you know. But in, in hindsight, I think even getting to the playoffs was a really good uh, result for that year because with the, the 10 or 12 players we, we lost, and Bray had a reasonable you know, budget still, I think we gave it a good go till the end. Um, I thought in the first division we were very, very good, you know, for most of the season. Um, I think we were heading for a playoff uh, position on a, on a real, you know, on an amateur squad um, and a really a lot of young players and, you know, a couple of experienced lads obviously as well. But then, you know, as you said, as you touched on, you don't, you don't want to focus on too many negatives, but it kind of went a bit pear-shaped um, off the pitch. And, and then when you get one bad result, then lads lose their heads and players go and, it, you know, the whole atmosphere wasn't great, to be quite honest, around there. And, but we just stuck together and saw the season as best we could. Um, but I, 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 every player that I've had, you know, has worked hard for the jersey and, and played as well as they could. I couldn't fault any of them. Um, and they did really well considering. And, and a lot of young players got to experience League of Ireland football. So I suppose that's what I would be most proud of. And, you know, sticking it out as well, I think it showed a bit of resilience to, to do that because I, I think a lot of people probably would have walked as well, you know. But in saying that, you know, you have to you have to go forward now and you have to look to the future and see can you do you learn you learn from the past and, and you know you you probably 
need to go at, go at it and just forget about the past and obviously learn from mistakes, but you need to go at it with a positive energy and create that positive vibe around the place because it is so important to in a club that that you go at it with, with positivity and, and everyone is behind it because that does create a huge atmosphere, even with no crowds and even with no um, crowds at games and fans at games. Obviously, that's better when there's a positive energy around the stadium but even around the, the town and the region, if if there's if there's goodwill towards the club, you know, it really helps. You know, it helps in every way. Yeah, obviously turning our attention back to the first division uh, of twenty twenty one, you're going to have some obviously very strong squads. Tommy in there as well as usual, really at the top end. Uh, Shelburne, Galway, both going to be full time. You'll obviously have Bray as well. UCD generally always seem to be strong at first division level. Um, would the, would the message be that you know it's got to be got to be the message has to be from yourself that it's got to be a, people have got to be patient and you know without sounding too negative expectations can't be too high because at the end of the day the focus probably has to be on just having a team back in the league of Ireland now and, and building the structure really without trying to you know on the field it's going to take some time. I think it is. You know, expectations can't be too high, but you. At the same time, you want to do as best as you possibly can. And that's all you can do. That's that's what you have to aim for. There's no point in going out if you think you're going to lose matches every week either. So you have to go with a, with a positive attitude, as I said earlier. And that's so important, no matter what time. Of course, we're behind everyone else. There are like the four or five teams there, as you said, at least three teams, full-time professional. And all the other teams are professional, as far as I know, bar maybe Cove, who have some amateur players as well as professional. And... Um, Wexford and like Athlone are, are all professional players as well you know some obviously some of the other clubs are full-time professional where the other lads are part-time professional uh, Trady are going to be um, we're going to be wholly amateur particularly in the first year you know because again it's about you know it's about putting that sustainable model in place and treating we need to do that because it's important that you don't go into it and think you're going to spend money here and there and get in players that and give, and give players money that you can't afford because it can't go wrong. You know it has to be right, and that that in itself, getting a good solid year behind you is is progression and it's it's a positive for me anyway. Yeah, I heard um, Pat O'Sullivan, Tommy, on, on the radio briefly this morning, and obviously Limerick FC have applied as well to, to enter the Electricity League underage. We know they had a, a 15s and 17s teams in, in the Electricity League last year. Um, obviously, your focus will be solely on treaty now, but it's a funny one. Will it be a very odd situation to have two Limerick sides in, in underage competition next year if, if that does come to pan? Yeah, but it's, look, there's, lot, there's, there's two teams down in Cork. There was a few up, there was two up in Galway for a while. There was, you know... There's a lot of teams up in Dublin, so you know it's just the way it is. You know it does give uh, other young players an opportunity. I suppose more young players to play um, at a higher level, um, and I suppose as long as everything is done right and all the criteria is met and the the clubs are, are run right, you, you can't really complain about it. You know. Yeah, and to finish on a positive note, Tommy, I know we've had plenty of discussions in the past about maybe Limerick players playing in the League of Ireland and as well also the fact that we haven't produced an international uh, in in so many years. But there, there was great positive news uh, earlier this week in that Dara Costello, who was 
uh, former Ashley Anacotti underage player signed for Burnley, um, which was obviously we send our congratulations to him. But it was a it was a great um great story. Um, I know he was with Galway, but you know being Limerick native, obviously that's that's a good sign for us, and hopefully that continues into the future. Yeah, definitely. You know, it's it's vital that we get um or have players like Dara going across to to England and Europe and playing at the highest level that they possibly can, and we have to encourage that. You know, and hopefully it's a, it's a tough gig. Obviously, it's a Premier League club, but you know, it's, it's brilliant for them. It's fantastic, um, and and it's tough, obviously, to get into a Premier League team. But hopefully, he can. You know, and and if he doesn't, um, that he gets into the next level and he stays in the game because that's important too. That he, he you know, he might drop down the leagues in England to to get more experience or be put out on loan and those type of things. Or, you know, we have lads that went to England in the past from the region have came back and played League of Ireland that had huge successful careers. But the focus now should be for Dara is is, is doing as best as he can in, in the development squad and getting into that Burnley squad. And that would be fantastic for him. And I wish him all the best in the world and hope he does. We had unbelievable traction, actually, Tommy, for the for the announcement of Dara going abroad, abroad. You know, to play in England, it was a uh, it got you know hundreds of likes on, on Twitter and Facebook alike. Um, also, Paddy, uh, one of the players you would have had uh, time with Limerick FC, Paddy O'Connor with, with Bradford. I know he won League Two Player of the recently, and that got an awful lot of um, interest and traction as well. So it just shows you that the potential is there once you provide a model for people to support. Uh, that the potential for soccer is is massive in Limerick. Yeah, it does. Look, and I don't as I don't know Derek Costa too well at all. I just you know, he played against us when he was young and with Limerick that that time, and he was he was very good. Uh, I think he scored the markets field. I think we beat Galway two one. I think he scored. He was he was decent that day. You know, I think he was only sixteen or so, but he seems like a good prospect. And 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 the attitude he ha- has and shown even to travel up to Galway that was really good. And he wanted to be in the league. And that's that's the most important part. We see with Paddy when he was sixteen when he came in. You know, we identified it. I remember saying very early that that he was one that definitely could to, go to England. You know, or, or beyond, have, have a career in a professional game. You know, we don't want to focus too much in England because you know we can have a good career in Ireland and, and Europe as well. So we have to look at not just England all the time, but we definitely thought he could be a professional player at the time. And and a lot of it was down to how he he went about his business with himself. You know, on the field and off the field, he was he was a leader very early on, and he was he was committed solely to, to soccer at 16 uh, years of age and he, he looked after himself and he had that drive and ambition and he's always willing to learn and you know a good lad about the place and, and they're you know they're at times are the most important things because a lot of these lads can be very good technically and, and tactically a lot of the time but it's that resilience and that that extra bit that will get you there and get you through, you know, when you're taking knocks and, you know, it's not an easy trade being a, being a professional footballer. I'd imagine, I was never a full-time professional footballer, but I can imagine it's really, really difficult, you know, um, and, and, and it's a difficult gig and people don't realise that and, and you have to be a real resilient person uh, and a real strong character to, to last in the game. 